Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. This episode is brought to you by the Town of Vale and hosted by Manor Vale Lodge, important partners of the 2018 Vale Dance Festival. I'm Rebecca King Ferraro. And I'm Michael Breeden. And you're listening to Conversations on Dance. On today's episode of Conversations on Dance, we are joined by Devin Tusher, principal dancer with American Ballet Theater. In 2006, after completing her training at the Jacqueline Kennedy Onassis School, Devin was invited to join ABT's studio company. Consistent soloist work led to her first promotion in 2014, and following a triumphant turn as Odette Odile in the full-length Swan Lake, she was promoted to principal in 2017. We sat down at the Vail Dance Festival with Devin to discuss how she pushed through difficult early years in the court of ballet, the hours of hard work and thought that went into shaping her Swan Lake, and what she wants next from her career. Devin, thank you so much for joining us today. It's so great to have you here. We chatted with you a little bit last year, but we just narrowly missed you for a recording. So we're here. Yeah. Hi, Devin. Hey. (laughs) We're here at the Vail Dance Festival. So happy to have you. Um, So let's just start at the beginning. How did you get your start in dance and ballet? Um, So I was... We, my family kind of moved around quite a bit. Uh, my parents, my dad is a professor. He's a scientist, very smart guy, but he just liked to move um, universities every kind of seven years. So we were, I was living in Utah and then I moved to Illinois and I was probably about seven or eight. Mm-hmm. And um, so we moved there and I was like doing school sports, but I was horrible. I kept like, <laughs> like couldn't kick the ball or like any of that kind of stuff. <laughs> so my, one of my um, friends that I had met in the neighborhood, she t- took ballet classes or just dance classes like dance team and that kind of stuff and so my parents said oh why don't you try it so I took um in order to like do other classes you had to take a ballet class first and so I took my first ballet class and I was obsessed pretty much right away (laughs) literally right away my mom said she would like watch she would look in the mirror and she would see me just like mimicking like every single thing my teacher did down to her fingernails and like all this kind of stuff I would just wanted to be her so (laughs) it was like immediately I loved ballet um and then from there, I just, I was a jazz competition school. So I joined the competition team and um, 
my sisters like were uh, did a high school drill team and that kind of stuff. So they like knew how to turn and do those kind of things. So they taught me to turn um, in our kitchen. And but it was did really like <laughs> I remember them like sitting in the kitchen and being like spot, 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 and like clapping and like grabbing my head uh-huh. and turning it. And, like, <laughs> um, but so I joined the competition team because they taught me to turn really. Um, yeah. And so I did all of that. And then there was a ballet school that opened in town. Um, and I really loved ballet. And so I was like, oh, I'm going to go try some more classes. So I went over to the school, started taking ballet classes. And then um, my competition team, they found out, the teachers there found out that I was taking classes at this other ballet school. And they were very upset. And they pulled me in, my mom and I, into a meeting. And they said, you know, you can't take classes at both places. You have to pick one. And I was probably like... 10 at that point and I remember being really upset by it and being like this isn't quite fair I don't really understand why because like I love both and I don't know why I can't do both um and my mom made me pick like she didn't help me she was like this is your decision you have to decide and I remember crying in the car and being like I just want to do both and she's like well they're not gonna let you so like you have to pick so I picked ballet and I left the competition team and um ended up being the right choice. (laughs) Um, um, So yeah, so then I just trained at this ballet school specifically and like really like from 10, 11 on, I went straight strictly into ballet. Um, I did like stuff on the side, but mostly it was just like my, that's where my ballet training started. Mm -hmm. So, so uh, in 2005, you went to the Jacqueline Kennedy Onassis school, which is ABT school. At that point it was really in its infancy. It must've been maybe its second year, I think, or I went Something like along the, those the, lines. Yeah, the f- half, second half of the second, second year. year. Yeah. Right. So, what made you cho- choose a, a new school like that rather than, say, something that had been around for decades, a more established place? Yeah. So, I, so it really um, came about because I went to summer programs at ABT. Um, and, you know, summer programs when I was auditioning, my parents were like, we, you know, didn't have a ton of money, but they were like, the, where you get to go wherever you get a scholarship is right. basically like mm-hmm. where you go. So I had, I got scholarships to ABT. Um, I had auditioned for SAB. I really, I got a scholarship there as I really wanted to go, but my teachers actually wouldn't let me go um, <laughs> because they were like, we think you're too, you'll like pick up too many ha- bad habits at a young age. So they just like wouldn't let me go. <laughs> Interesting. And, not, and I'm not saying bad habits, just like kind of like affectations to the training. It was sure, a Russian sure. teacher. Right. So it was just. Um, we know about that. Yeah. 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 <laughs> totally. Yeah. yeah. It's just reality. Yeah. 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 So, and I actually appreciate that. Like to this day, I really appreciate not sending me because I do think I would have like been a very different dancer had I gone at like sure. 14 to some of these mm-hmm. programs. Mm-hmm. Okay. Back to this story. <laughs> I, um, <laughs> so I went to ABT summer programs and I went to probably three or four I went to my first one and that's when they were like starting the school after Mm -hmm. that um and they had this thing back then it was called the coca-cola scholarship I think I don't remember if that's exactly what it was Mm -hmm. but they would like send you home with a stipend of money to ensure that you would come back the next year to the summer program um (laughs) so then like they did that and then they started the school and they said you know I was 14 when they started it and they said do you want to come and join and my parents were like there's no way no way Mm -hmm. we're sending our kid at 14 that's just not okay they didn't have housing they didn't have anything it's like Mm -hmm. it was such as again it was like a startup and um so we we said no maybe next year so then the next year at 15 they said you know will you come and um I said I was I really wanted to go and my parents and I discussed it and we said well why don't we come in January and try it for half of a year and then if you hate it you come back you be a normal high schooler like right. you come back sure. home you do your thing um 
But sure. if you love it, like you, we can stay. That's and I was lucky all my siblings were older, so they were out of the house and I could like my mom actually moved down there with me for the first half of the year and we lived in an apartment together and like shared a bed um, oh and tried God. it out. <laughs> and it worked out. So I was really like through the summer intensive that I got to JKO um, and they like at 15, they really kind of approached my parents and said like, if she doesn't kind of make a jump to a bigger school and a more intensive school now, she might not make it. So like now's the time. And so my parents look back and they're very grateful for, um, there's a woman, Mary Jo, who actually pulled her aside and said that and said she was in the administrative part of the school. And she said, you know, now's really the time. Um, and if not, it, you know, the time might pass. Right. So yeah. So they're really grateful for her, like telling them that because they're clueless. They had no idea. My of dad's course. a scientist. My mom has no clue. Like, yeah. so they were like grateful that someone really took them in like that. Yeah. Isn't it interesting to think about like, I mean, very few, yeah, certainly, yes, you have people like Roman, whose dad was a major dancer right. in New York City Ballet. That's a different beast. But so many of us, I mean, neither my parents nor Rebecca's nor yours, obviously, um, they had no clue about what they were doing. Right. And we just all got lucky that whoever was on the outside happened to help us and right. it all worked out. Right. <laughs> it's yeah. really a crapshoot otherwise. It is, yeah. So many talented people probably fall through the cracks because they didn't have that luck. Mm -hmm. right. So much luck involved. That like one person that maybe yeah. took, like, mm -hmm. took them aside and was like, this is what you need to do. Yeah. I mean, my parents were so clueless. They hadn't, they would be like, oh, she's talented. Like, Okay. okay, like we cool. didn't know. What does that mean? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> but I actually really appreciate that looking back because I think that it helped me just like appreciate the joy of it and not get too like caught up in in making it happen and like having to do it and having that pressure. There was no pressure ever. It was just mm -hmm. like my mom and my my motto <laughs> were like just do it as long as it's fun. Like that's right. all you have to do. And then again, if you're 15, you can go back home if you don't like it. Yeah. It's not fun. Like go be normal right. not that you're not normal but like be a normal kid yeah. right <laughs> so funny so my dad is also a scientist and it was so important for my parents for me to go to college and so there was like a whole conversation about what does that mean pursuing a ballet career instead of a higher education so did you have a similar conversation in your household yeah um my my dad never pushed me per se they were never really pushy about it I mm -hmm. think they kind of understood how much I loved this and how much like it meant to me that I mm -hmm. really pursue this now. Um, it was a requirement that I finished my high school education. Yeah, like course, that was yeah. definite yeah. requirement. Mm -hmm. Um, and then, you know, I've, I have taken college courses on the side, which, you know, they love and they think that's important, but right. they also have just understood this is like what it needs to be right now. And then right. in the future, obviously yeah. that can be something I do that's in great. the future. So it was never, for me, it was never a big conflict, which mm -hmm. I, again, I really appreciate. Yeah. Yeah. So you joined ABT Studio Company in 2006 and were hired into the Court of Ballet in 2008. What were those um, early in the early years in the company like for you? Um, studio Company was very tough. It was probably one of like the toughest times I remember dancing wise. We were just dancing so much and it was a such a small group and you're just like so eager to get into the company. So you'll do absolute anything yeah. to do that. And almost at the risk of like your own health sometimes, which is stupid, but you're 16 and yeah. 17 right. and you're like, I'll do anything. And sure. this person's like, do it again and again and again and again. And you're like, okay, sure. Like if that gets me a contract. <laughs> mm -hmm. So I remember being like really pushed my limits at that point. Um, so getting into the company was a 
really big shift, but I was lucky because Kevin, when he, when he gave me my, um, apprenticeship, he had a meeting with myself and the the other dancers that were joining. And he said, you know, I want you to know that this is going to be a big transition. Like you're not going to be dancing. You're not going to be featured. You're going to be in the back. That doesn't mean we don't like you. That doesn't mean you're not seen. Um, so I really appreciated him like taking that time to be, um, to like, recognize that it's going to, it was going to be a transition and recognize that it was going to be hard. And like, and, but he was like, our doors are open. If you have anything, any troubles, like, please come, you know, talk to us all that, you know, we're here. We understand that it's difficult. Um, but I was lucky and it didn't seem that difficult. Like I did, I danced quite a bit right away and, um, I got some roles right away, which was really nice. Um, so those first few years I was just super excited and it was wonderful. It wasn't until like a little later in the quarter ballet that it became difficult for me, like mentally. Mm-hmm. Right. So, yeah. Yeah. You know, this is what I, a part of what I want to talk about because it's a very different culture from across the plaza at New York city ballet. You might see a 16 year old apprentice getting their big break and, I don't know, do drop or something. Right. Um, but at ABT, it's historically rewarded seniority. Um, and, you know, there have been recent promotions. Stella is 37 and yeah. made it to principal. So mm-hmm. that's not something you typically see at New York City Valley, let's say. So um, what is how what are some of the positives and negatives uh, for you as a dancer in that company um, with that sort of waiting process? Yeah, I mean obviously there are times where it was really hard and I was like, is this like, should I stay here? Should I wait it out? Like, mm-hmm. I'm just not sure if this is worth it. I'm getting older. And like, right. not that I'm old, but you know, yeah. those things like cross your mind as you're sitting around in the core, kind of like waiting to do these mm-hmm. roles. Um, and so obviously there are times where it's hard. Um, but again, looking back, I, I appreciate that time of like waiting mm-hmm. and, um, watching and growing through watching and like um I don't think I would have been ready to take on full length Swan Lake at (laughs) 18 like I would have crumbled under the pressure Mm -hmm. period that just like I couldn't have handled it um and so I appreciate that now again at the time it was difficult to recognize okay just be patient um and just keep working and just like remember that like as long as you keep working, it might happen. <laughs> That's also the right. thing is like you don't know if it's going to happen if you're mm-hmm. working. Um, but I was always being given opportunities that would like keep me okay. Like there is hope. Right. <laughs> right. There is something to look forward to. I always had a role to like work on and something to like keep me, mm-hmm. um, keep me working. Um, so yeah, I I also think it's really great. Like the, in the company. Yes, it's hard, but like when someone does get promoted, like Stella mm-hmm. or um, Misty or myself, or just these people that are really homegrown and that are really like been there, you've seen them do all of their work. You've seen them like years and years and years of just like waiting and being patient and being positive and working. It's such a reward. And like right. the entire company really feels that. It's mm-hmm. and the morale of the company really like is incredible because, um, it's such a supportive environment that way. You know, it's never like, oh, but I was cut in front of by this like young 16 year old. It was like, like, no, no, I put in my work and my time. And and I can recognize that. Exactly. And everyone recognizes that. So um, I actually appreciate it now. Um, It's hard to appreciate at the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Yeah. because when you're 18, you also are like, I know everything and I'm the best and I'm incredible, but you're not. (laughs) So um, I also do think the difference also like, across the plazas that like they're doing shorter ballets mm-hmm. they are not necessarily doing full length ballets right. that require some of the, um, more like 
in-depth artistic sure. chops that like you kind of grow into as you get older. Um, so I think that that is also kind of the difference as well. And, and waiting for those artistic opportunities is different than like just doing maybe something that's more dancey at age 18. Mm. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. So what were some of your breakthrough roles that ultimately led to your uh, promotion? Um, so my first principal role I ever did was Mirta and I was in the core. I remember being terrified um, mm-hmm. and I don't think that was actually a breakthrough role. <laughs> I like, don't think that did much for me because <laughs> I did that for a few years and like, like until I was a principal, I think people were like, did you do that? And I was like, okay, oh. like obviously that wasn't memorable. <laughs> like, um, <laughs> but again, it like took me so much time to grow into it and like figure out that it's not just about like the jumping and like being evil and all that kind of right. stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> jump check yes Evil, check. yes like, did it yeah it's like yeah i did it but like that's not it you know what i mean like, right. there's so much more um <laughs> so i think kind of one of the biggest breakthroughs for me was um pillar of fire maybe um i got thrown into that i was learning it throughout the year i was third third cast throughout the year um and i got thrown into it at the met um because of an injury and that was like the first time they really saw that I could handle that kind of like dramatic, dramatic art. Yeah. Like obviously they had seen that I could do variations at that point. I had done every variation, like, mm-hmm. you know, a soloist variation, pas de trois, mm-hmm. Corsair, all that kind of stuff. So they knew that I was technically, shades. yeah. Shades. <laughs> shades. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they knew that like I was technically capable at that point, obviously. Um, but it was, that was the first time I think they saw that like I could hold down a story mm-hmm. and tell a story and really like, um, carry a ballet right who did you work with for that who's who um staged? amanda mccaro oh, and john yeah, gardner yeah, yeah. yeah because those that kind of work is so specific it's so like specific. the detail yes. um you know you, you really have to delve in yeah but it's also so minimal like mm-hmm. you're not allowed to add anything yeah. at all like it's not you you are but the the dancing and the steps are so minimal there's no extra interpretation on top of it like it really um and that's what I think is so incredible about Tudor like it is minimal and it is restrained and you have to kind of like hold back but that's what gives that incredible like sense of um trauma or whatever you're Mm -hmm. going through like it really like helps um the the choreography serves that Mm -hmm. um serves the story really well but they were great yeah Mm -hmm. it was have you done Lilac Garden yet? I have. Uh, <laughs> What's yes. funny is I did Lilac Garden in the studio company, uh-huh. um, and then I did it again in the company. Aww. So pretty. It's beautiful. it's beautiful. I would really love to I love that ballet. go at it now again, yeah. as a like, very different artist now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, it's beautiful. Mm-hmm. Uh, so let's go back and talk a little bit more about your time in the core. I'm interested in um, how you balance even just doing one of those variations you know pas de trois and shades those are hard technical variations so when you're already doing four parts in swan lake every night before and some of that you know it's maybe hard technically but it's it's really stamina a completely different way standing on one leg in b plus is very hard yes but not in the same way that having to knock off triple pirouettes is uh for this huge theater right um so how do you deal with that as a, a core member where you are getting opportunities, but you still have to give focus to all these other roles that you're doing that maybe aren't as technically challenging. Yeah. I don't know if I handled it 
the best, honestly. <laughs> you, you don't. That's I, how you, yeah. you don't. No, it is like I would say that there is there is kind of that trial period of now it depends on how long you go through that trial mm-hmm. period when you're in the course. Some people do it for three or four years, some people do it for a year. Everyone's path is different, whatever. Mm-hmm. I did that for probably three years where I was doing like soloist, every soloist variation as well as all of my core work. Mm-hmm. Um and it's, yeah, it was just exhausting. Mm-hmm. It was like very exhausting. I don't, like I said, I don't know if I did it well. I think it's, I, fu- I found it hard to like do anything well. <laughs> like I was like, I'm, I'm doing my core work poorly. I'm doing my variations poorly. Like, um, yeah. so yeah, I don't know. It just, it's a very like difficult time. I think the thing that got me through it was like, okay, this is a trial period. Mm-hmm. And like, I know that it will end eventually like i'm not going to be stuck in this period forever so like just keep pushing through until like this period's over and you will be rewarded Mm -hmm. for this work that you're Mm -hmm. doing um that was what kind of kept me like okay this is too hard but like i can i can do it knowing there's an end in sight right you don't know the end but there is an end (laughs) right so what what was the end then did they kind of eventually take away some of those core responsibilities that allowed you to focus more on your soloist work well so they i think the end was when they promoted me to soloist because i was doing there was no no pot no end you're not a core member that gets out of things no i mean sometimes that happens Mm -hmm. i mean that's like there's a couple people that you know that happens to um Mm -hmm. But generally, if you're doing that kind of work, it's generally means that that's like your trial period to promotion to soloist. Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah, it was really once I was promoted to soloist, I finally dropped all my core work. And then like, I mean, the day I was promoted to soloist, I was doing like dream, the dream Ashton's dream. Is Mm -hmm. that right, Ashton? Yeah, yeah. Um, Like dream core ladies Mm -hmm. just like running around. And then like the following week I was doing... um, Mirta or something like mm-hmm. that. So like it, it finally ended right when I was promoted um, that following year. But then from there, again, it's that same trial period of like soloist work as well as then you suddenly get these full-length ballets. Right, right, right. So. Oh, <laughs> uh, an idea that you would be getting promoted? Again, like ABT, sometimes there are only a, you know, a handful of promotions each year. It could even just be a single person. Whereas City Ballet, it seems to happen a little more quickly yeah um so when that happened is that a big surprise it's like something you want obviously and are striving towards but um since it can be a long haul were you surprised or did you have a good feeling about that year um my promotion to soloist to soloist yeah um <clears throat> it was never like this is definitely gonna happen mm-hmm. like for me personally there was never a moment where i was like yes kevin never pulled me in was like you're gonna be promoted in this many years mm-hmm. or you're right. gonna do this and you're gonna be pro-. it was like okay, like, I hope that this is going to happen. And like, this is, again, kind of what everyone says happens is like, there's this trial period, and then you do get promoted. So there was never a real moment for me, I knew it was going to happen. But again, it was like, through the work that we were doing, it was kind of like, it's a it's about time, you know what I mean? Uh-huh. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like, and it was myself and Christine, who had been um, doing this kind of work for three three full years mm-hmm. of that kind of like strenuous soloist and core work and so mm-hmm. it was like okay they they deserve it it's time nice. um so yeah i don't think it's like a known thing right mm-hmm. so how was that then that transition period obviously when you became a soloist there was a nice chunk of uh, material that you didn't have to worry so much about anymore but then with that like you said came the principal roles right. and kind of new challenges so how did each um with each promotion did you change as an artist and personally well, it's funny, like, so I got promoted, we get promoted usually at the end of the Met season, and then we come, we have the summer off and we come into um, the fall season. And so when I got promoted to Solos, I was like, oh, I'll be so like, 
I'll be bored. Like I won't I'll have so much free time. I don't, right, like, right. I don't know what I'm going to do with myself. Uh-huh. So I like picked up all these like crafts and I started like crafting <laughs> over the summer and like uh-huh. doing all this stuff that I always wanted to do. And like, so and funny. then fall season came around and I was just as busy. Right. <laughs> I was like, wait, this isn't how it's supposed to be. Like I'm supposed to get like time off. Uh, so oddly enough, like it was from right from day one, it was like, I had like continued that workload of like soloist and then adding principal roles. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was, that was really interesting because I didn't expect that. I expected right. to have some like downtime and there were obviously periods where there was downtime, sure. but like generally it was like, I was continuing my, my yeah. workload. Mm-hmm. That's great. Yeah. What were some of the first full lengths you were learning? Um, so Swan Lake, I think was like the first one I really found out I was learning and started doing and did within like six months. Uh-huh. <laughs> wow. Um, so you have that a kind of a long prep. I love that ABT, yes. ABT that you guys tour a lot and a lot of you get these like little um, like junior tryouts moment. Yes. I think that's so great. Like yeah. if you go to Detroit, they'll be like, okay, we're doing a, a new cast here or, or other cities like that. Yeah, I love it. They really the first your first full length, they really like nurture you and take it take the time to give you every detail and let you grow and let you really figure it out. Like I started in September and my first show was in January. Mm-hmm. Um so for 6 months straight I was just every single day it was like Swan Lake boot camp. Mm-hmm. Um and what is nice is they let you really focus on that. Like your first ballet, they usually only give you one so that you can focus fully on that. Um, so yeah. And then you get like a trial run. My trial run was in DC, um, which was awesome. I mean, I got the, probably the best partner I could ever get in the world, um, which was Marcelo, but so that was also hugely lucky. Um, but even at that, sometimes he'll put like new people together to do something new together, which is really nice as well. Cause you have that experience together. Um, but it's also great because he's in the Kevin is in the studio with you every almost every day. Like right. he's really teaching you the ballet and he's teaching you exactly what he wants um, and like nurturing you and helping you grow. And mm-hmm. so, yeah, it's a cool process. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I saw your Swan Lake this year at the Met. We've already talked about yes. it. I fangirled at you. <laughs> but um, I kind of want to delve into what I was saying, which is that I think that you have such an honest approach, like no fluff, no bragging about you know like look at what i just did like you did these easy beautiful triple pirouettes and black swan it was almost like they didn't happen because you didn't (laughs) you didn't make any sort of uh, fuss about it you you're bravura but humble um and i felt like i was really just seeing the steps for the first time in a long time sometimes you know odette can get very like simpering tragic figure and then you go to this full 180 of like vamp like mwaha, yeah, like sexy yeah. time <laughs> like, like, like uh, twisting your like yeah. what are those your like uh handlebar yeah, 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 mustache yeah. like, yeah. like evil yeah but i thought the story made so much sense with your interpretation because um odette and odile had an obvious connection but something is off about odile but siegfried being completely enamored with this figure was more just uh so grateful and and excited that she's there that he doesn't even notice sort of thing yeah. um but with with this approach, is this something that you gave a lot of thought to or you just were like, you know, this is what naturally I want to do? No. So I, yeah, again, in that six months, I like, I did a lot of work on this and like, I wanted to make it my own and make it 
I'm also, I'm real. I'm a, not a dancer that can like fake it well. You can really tell when I don't believe in something that I'm doing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think that's in general. I think that's true. Um, so, <laughs> but maybe people don't recognize it. I'm not sure, <laughs> or dancers don't recognize mm-hmm. it. But I really, I know when I don't believe in something, it just doesn't doesn't work and like no one's going to believe in it if you don't believe in it so I really took the time in that first six months to like stop and like think about the story and think about what my purpose was in the story and like what I wanted to get out of it and what I wanted to tell and I'll just like break the story down and Mm -hmm. break all the pieces apart um figure out like again who Odette was who Odile was how long she had she been this like swan is she a swan are you seeing a swan are you seeing a person Mm -hmm. like so many people don't even think about that right. she's actually like you never actually see her as a swan mm-hmm. except for like that final exit where she like flaps mm-hmm. her wings mm-hmm. on stage right. i never thought about that yeah. until i saw it i was like i just always assumed she was a swan um so for me i really took the time to like dive into like again also the history of the ballet and figure out where it came from and why it evolved into what it is and all these kind of things um and it was interesting because technically black swan felt easier like when i was learning it black swan felt like the more suitable technical thing that was turning turning is generally something i find easier it's like my i say it's like my relaxing step generally i shouldn't relax but (laughs) um so technically black swan felt a little more comfortable and i really struggled technically in white swan um but white swan i felt much more emotionally connected to and much more like um artistically connected to as her as a person and her her like struggle um and i could not like figure out black swan at all just like i did was like i I don't have that in me i'm not like sexy i'm not any of these things that i think that like she's supposed to be Mm -hmm. (laughs) um so it was interesting to work on like okay work on the technical aspect of white swan and then really try and work on the like character of black swan um and like find myself in each of those parts um but yeah all of it like in the end all of the choreography serves the story for me um like you said those turns like are again they're not just turns they're like some way of you either like having fun and being like oh this is just like what a cool fun girl does and like you know guys want to hang out with a cool fun girl like (laughs) they're like oh yeah like you're cool you're fun like that kind of like I really thought about every detail in that way that that um again like it just they just just doesn't doesn't become steps and doesn't become if they all like serve everything serves each other um so yeah, did that answer your yeah. question yeah. enough? I don't know. <laughs> no, I, I think it's interesting that you said um, you were wanting to make it your own because that obviously means different things to different people. Yes. I think most people may, when make not most people. Sorry, some people <laughs> that I would maybe find to be less. Um, what's the right word? I don't want to call them tacky, mm. but people that yeah. have less. Um, you, I just feel like you're very. Uh, oh God, this is really, we're gonna have to do this. Are you looking for depth? No, I'm, it's not even depth. I'm just saying someone who has like self awareness about like what um, is gonna make something artistically interesting, right? Like some people are just like, how do I make this weird and different? Right? People want to do something that's never been done before, right? Whereas you, by just going back to the text of, of the choreography, right, um, are actually making it your own because pe- so few people. Do approach it that way. Well, People I do like, let's also do, think... Let's be weird. Let's do something. <laughs> I do also think I, like, had to do that because 
and I don't mean to sound like self-deprecating in any way, but like I, I, when I, when they gave me the role, I was like, that's not like, I don't have arabesques. I don't have high legs. I don't have like all these crazy things. When you think of the ballet nowadays, like the 21st, right. The 21st century of what Swan Lake has become, has become this like really whacked out, crazy extension, like, Mm. um, being creature again. And that's why you think, oh, she's a swan, but like. So I had to be like, wait, that's not me. I can't do that. And that's okay. That's fine. Like I can do something else with it. And this is what I'm going to do. And I'm going to make it like human and relatable and um, something that I can bring to it. Um, And again, not like something different or weird or like unique. It was like, no, what are my strengths and what are my weaknesses? I know those Mm. and I'm going to like play to those. (laughs) Um, So that's also why I think I approach most of my work the way I do, because I kind of recognize my strengths and weaknesses, not that I don't want to work on my weaknesses, but like (laughs) it's important to know what you can and can't do. Um, And so that helps you be again, true to yourself and true to like what, who you are and what you want to do with things. Yeah. To me, I was thinking like, I was like, this is like a 21st century Royal Ballet ballerina. You were giving me a Fontaine and Moira Shearer, Mm -hmm. like just the being dignified Mm -hmm. in your presentation rather than you know, this so much yeah. just Show. like extra. Right, right. Yeah. I wish I could have seen it. I got text messages from Michael about it though. So <laughs> she'll, I feel like I would she'll still be doing it. Yeah. So. <laughs> there will um, be more. There'll be other ones. <laughs> yeah. So when you're talking about all this, these six months that you spent really delving into this character, what kind of research did you do? What sort of videos did you watch to kind of embody this character and make it your own? Um, so you actually didn't watch too many videos mm-hmm. just because, again, I think it's easy to like, like hold on to images and like emulate that even if you don't think you are Mm -hmm. um so i have i I had an acting coach help me his name is byam stevens a lot he works with abt works with a lot of dancers Mm -hmm. at abt he actually helped me do a lot of the research and um helped me figure out a lot of the history and all that kind of stuff and he helped me break down the character Uh so we worked a lot on that um steps wise i actually found that really difficult in the beginning like figuring out what version i was going to do because my coach was like, okay, what do you want to do? Like, you can do this, you can do that, you can do this. And I was so used to someone being like, this is what you do, right, right. X, sure. Y, and Z, steps are this, steps are that. Mm-hmm. And I was like, but wait, like, what I don't do know. <laughs> yeah, like, I don't know what I want to do. Yeah. And she's like, well, what feels good? What what feels right? What doesn't feel good? Like, let's just try everything. So mm-hmm. I just like tried every single way of doing it and found my way that works and again that might change next year that might change the year after i also was lucky in that six months i had what's called the annenberg grant um oh calvin had that yes and so i took during that six months i took that six months to when we were we had off time and during that off time i went and traveled and i worked at the royal ballet and i worked at paris opera and I worked um, in Stuttgart. And so I worked in all these companies on that, on Swan Lake, and just getting like as much information as I could from every different person I coached with. Mm-hmm. And then bringing that back and being like, again, what looks good? What doesn't? What can we work? What can we keep? What can we take? And what, like, So it was just a real like six months of just absorbing as much information as I could get and then like weeding out what was right for me and what right. wasn't. Right. Wow, that's so great that, that you got to do that. Is so it's incredible. yeah. Can you tell us about it really quickly for those of our listeners who aren't familiar with it? Yeah, it's so it's the Annenberg Foundation gives um, a grant. I think it's actually stopped now. Um, no, I don't know about completely, <laughs> but it has. Our, it had they had a, um, a kind of agreement with ABT mm-hmm. that they would give. Um, 
ABT the grant and ABT would pick a dancer every year and they would give a lump sum of money. ABT would get part of that money and the dancer would get the other part. It was all used to like, they literally were just like, use it to benefit yourself as an artist in the art world. So cool. So you could do whatever you wanted with that money. Like that was yours to be like, I want to go take acting classes. I want to like whatever that wanted to be, uh, whatever you wanted from that, that you felt like would make yourself better. Some people have made art films. Some people made dance films. Some people have, you know, um, it's just been like a real source of um, growth and inspiration. And I actually think that year having that grant was like probably the biggest amount of growth I've made in a year was through that um that grant and that experience because again I I chose to travel and I chose Mm -hmm. to like work with anyone and everyone I could get my hands on that would willing that would work with me that's so great Um, (laughs) I love that and it just like helped me recognize because I think also as a dancer you can sometimes get a little set in your ways (laughs) and be like oh I know what I'm doing like this work again this works for me but it was like it reminded me that like we just all need to continue to keep learning and growing and like right. take as much as we can from every experience. And like, right. so that was the big thing for me is that like, I really just seeped up as much as I could in that year. And I really wish they continued the grant, but mm-hmm. I know they also give it to other artists like musicians and right. you know, that kind of thing. So I don't know if it's still continuing on with them, but Wonderful. Yeah. So uh, this past June, you had the opportunity to perform Swan Lake with your real life partner, Corey Stearns. How does that (laughs) Mm -hmm. affect the working process and then the performance? So that was interesting. Um, I've never danced with a current um, (laughs) 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 partner. That's funny. Uh, So that was really interesting. But we made a conscious effort going into the process to like, remain very professional with each other um and like almost too professional (laughs) like I would be like thank you Corey at the end of rehearsal like and it was it was weird but we really made that effort to like from the beginning of our rehearsal to the end of rehearsal we were partners dance dance partners we weren't like a couple we weren't boyfriend and girlfriend like that remained outside of the studio because it's so easy with your significant other to like you're just a little shorter with them or you're just like you're Uh more comfortable so you would say things that you would never say to your dance partner like you're so much more patient with that person um Mm -hmm. than you are with your significant other which is probably not a good thing but (laughs) it's just reality it's life (laughs) so we really made a conscious effort um both of us to like to stay professional and i think that was um really good for us like we never had any issues in the studio we never and there was maybe like one or two occasions where like one of us kind of dipped into part into like relationship mode and then afterwards we were like I'm sorry like we didn't realize like I did that it just came out I'm sorry about that and it's it was fine um but we are going to work together probably a lot in the future so it was good to like start have that base of like where this is how it is Mm -hmm. um but then it was also interesting performing together because like Corey was saying in white swan in the white swan variation like he usually he'll watch and like you know watch the person and cares but he was like it was so funny because I got so much more nervous and like actually really cared (laughs) about how you were doing because he's like I really care about you so like during the show it was so much I was so much more invested because I cared about you know what you were doing on stage when usually like I was he would be more self-involved and like you know like how he was feeling getting ready exactly yeah yeah. Mm -hmm. so it was just interesting and same thing like during Black Swan I wanted to like see his variation but I was like I'm dying so I don't know what to do you know (laughs) so it was a weird thing but then at the end I think um 
it made for a really like invested show because we never like were separate. We never like, again, took away, took ourselves away from that. Mm -hmm. We were really invested the entire time. Um, so it was cool. I don't know. Yeah. What a fun That's, experience. We'll see. Yeah. I love your, your Instagram post that you were like, not your average date. Night. Yeah. It's <laughs> yeah. so cute. I love that. Yeah. Um, I want to ask you guys a quick question about Justin Peck's increases because the two of you have been working on it together. Mm-hmm. Um, you're performing it here, yes. uh, Devin and Vale. And Michael, you helped set it on Devin and helped teach well, it. Well, yes. With Patricia in the room, because I'm, I'm staging with Patricia later in September at Valley, Arizona. And I'm trying to just absorb as much from her because mm-hmm. I've just been staring at a partner. video. And I did partner <laughs> yeah, you he partnered me oh, for a bit. Oh, so nice. I was like, oh, I miss ballet. <laughs> <laughs> this is so fun. Um, but Devin is so fast. Oh, my gosh. I was she, in a rehearsal with you guys. I can't yesterday. believe how quickly you learned it. You learned it in two seconds. And it really stuck. I mean. Yeah. You, that's something I, I don't know. I've always been like lucky in that I've been able to pick up choreography very quickly and kind of absorb choreography very quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, that's something I... I've been lucky with. Mm-hmm. So. Well, I also, so you and uh, Isabella Boylston are the only cast members that had to learn it just for this event. Um, so I taught Bella later um, and that was all on my shoulders, which was <laughs> nerve wracking, but she's a pretty good she's, person yeah. for your first try. Yeah. yeah. So easygoing. Um, but I love, and I just think this speaks even more. I just love you. Um, (laughs) Speaks even more to what makes you an interesting artist is that Devin keeps adding these rehearsals for herself where she, I mean, it's hard enough to learn a ballet um, when you're with the group of people that you have to perform it with. But literally Devin just put on a performance, a solo performance of Increases yesterday. I know. And remembered everything. (laughs) You guys Um, were like, mark it, take it easy. And you were like, Perfect. Doing doing but you, I mean, you have a determination. Yeah. You're just like, I want to look good. So I'm going to keep going. Yeah. I want to like serve the choreography. This is my first time doing a Justin Peck ballet. And mm-hmm. because we don't get the opportunity to work with him at ABT, there are weird contract things mm-hmm. with him at City Ballet. So he can't work with us. <laughs> this is like my only opportunity to right. ever do yeah, something of so his. Um, not ever, but now. Um, now? Yes, <laughs> now. So I really just want to like do it justice. Mm-hmm. And like not even I, I want to look good for myself. Like I want to, the piece to look good right. and I want to do it how he it's done and how he wants mm-hmm. it. Um, so being the person that's like not done it before, I feel more pressure to like make it right and make it right. good. Um, <laughs> and I just like don't want to be in anyone's way like m- mess someone up. So <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. I yeah. love it. You're a principal ballerina at ABT and you're like, I'm worried. I'm nervous. So, yeah. You're so sweet. I love it. It's great. It's going to be wonderful. I'm so excited to see it. It was yeah. great to see you in rehearsal, you guys, yesterday. It was fun. <laughs> so one of the cool things uh, about this increases performance, but also something that happens a lot throughout Vail, um, the Vail Dance Festival, is these sort of cross-company collaborations. You might dance with a partner that is not in your company. Um, in Increases, there are dancers from four different companies. Yeah. Well, Patricia... Patricia's on her own. But, but she's, she's still former, like, former yeah, yeah. Representing, yeah. Another representing another company. Representing my yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But you have Boston Ballet, American Ballet Theater, New York City Ballet, and Patricia repping for Patricia the 305. Delgado. Yeah, and Patricia Delgado. <laughs> so... Um, yeah. What does that do for you as an artist? Like, does that is that something that excites you about the festival that uh, is incentive to be here? Yeah, I mean, that's the cool thing about this festival is that that I mean, 
you get to do things that you wouldn't normally get to do. I mean, that's the whole point for me of coming here is like getting to do a ballet that I would never get to do in New York and then also doing it beside dancers I would no- would never normally dance next to. Right. Like, that's mm-hmm. really cool. Um, so you're constantly like growing again, like growing mm-hmm. and just like seeping in as much as I can here, like mm-hmm. watching other dancers, how they take class. And we, t- we talked about that yesterday. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, what is this? I oh, I love this. Let's, let's, let's went, go into this. Yeah. Yeah. I liked it. Daniel Applebaum was really running the rehearsal <laughs> and he gave her like, it's the one, literally one of the last things you even do in the ballet. And it's just, you slide a tondu into fifth. And Daniel was like, just, you know, pull your toes back here. And then we got into a whole discussion about how, um, different, like especially point work differs between ABT and New York City Ballet, and that's I think part of what makes it beautiful and yeah. interesting. But yeah. Devin was so receptive and fascinated by these ideas. Yeah, <laughs> like let's talk about it. I know. I was like, I want to know all about it and why and what does it do and like. I yeah. love it. Yeah, so it was really cool. I mean, and yeah, you just get to learn so much here at the festival and like. Mm-hmm like that just have a discussion about training about how you close fifth position like i wouldn't get to do that if i were back home at right. ABT with all the dancers that train like me right right um so it's cool and then i mean we're doing i'm doing like a merce cunningham ballet which mm-hmm. that is full of like there's cunningham dancers there's all city ballet everyone. dancers yeah. there's abt there's everyone it's mm-hmm. so cool and then a michelle dorrance top piece like it's like you get a full range of mm-hmm. you get to experience everything and so i really love that about the festival it's not just like coming and like bringing your tutu and doing your thing right. that you know how to do right. like and i'm bye. gonna throw a black swan pot at it and then like leave. leave it's very like we all grow and learn and come together and mm-hmm. make this something that we all can like grow from yeah, yeah. so so that brings us to our last little bit of our interview called our lightning round uh, uh we're just gonna sorry. ask you no <laughs> not. we're just gonna ask you a few questions and you answer with the first thing that comes to mind okay um so it what has been your favorite onstage moment Oh my gosh, I'm not very quick about this. Quick. <laughs> what was my favorite onstage moment? Um, wow. I must say, like after my first show of Swan Lake, um, getting to like the end and then doing so like in the end he has the quarter in the bow this is the bow mm-hmm. <laughs> literally like the end <laughs> like yeah. he has the, the quarter ballet lined up in the lines and then like you know the Rothbart's on the side and the principals come up and forward and back um and just like doing that bow in the very front and like thinking to myself I was in like the back corner usually for the quarter ballet mm-hmm. for seven eight years and like never it crossed my mind like once, like I would love to do that. That yeah. would be a dream of mine to be that girl in the front, to be yeah. that lead, to be the principal. That's a dream. But like right. never actually thought that it could happen. Right. You know, like in your mind, you're like, I'm just going to like dream, but I'm not going to actually dream because I don't know if that's going to really happen. <laughs> Carefully dream. Yeah, exactly. So to do it and then to like look back and see all those girls there like supporting me and feel like I had come from that. Uh-huh. And like yeah. I'd literally done every part in that ballet that I could. And I'd finally gotten to that part was such an emotional amazing moment um it was very emotional <laughs> there that were sounds, lots of tears I'm a little yeah. teary right now just hearing about yeah it. but it was great it was That's really cool. cool yeah uh who is your all-time favorite dance idol Ooh, i, I feel like it changed but when i was little i loved paloma mm-hmm. i had like i watched those ballet now videos over and over and over again and like mm-hmm. had posters of her on my wall and all that kind of stuff um but it always it's like evolving all the time mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, what is the best piece of advice you, you have ever received? I still think like my mom and my, 
my mom's motto when I was younger is still something I've like really carried through my career is like do it as long as it's fun mm-hmm. um, and maintain that. I mean, obviously there are going to be times where it's not fun and hard and hurts and isn't enjoyable. But like at the end of the day, if you can look at it as a a whole and think like, was this fun? And was this like, did you really, really look inside and be like, did I really enjoy this? Um, If you can say that, then like, that's great. If you can't, like, that's okay. Mm -hmm. And again, you can move on and do something else. Um, So, and that's really kept like a level head and a perspective that I really appreciate my mother giving to me and like carrying through my career. So. What's your favorite thing about Vail? Um, not the altitude. Um, <laughs> uh, just again, like the collaborations that we get to experience and like getting to hang out with dancers that live in New York City at New York City Ballet that I never, never see, see. That I, yeah. like, we literally live in the same city, but I never see you. But yeah. you're amazing. And <laughs> um, yeah, like having these friendships, um, like growing with these people. So. Mm-hmm. If you could ask Damien to dance anything next year in Vail, what would it be? I don't know. I really like anything he's ever given me. I've just been excited to do. I don't yeah. feel like there's one thing I'd like in particular. Yeah, I yeah. would die to do. Um, just any challenge he gives me, I'm really excited to do. Yeah. So I don't know. If it's Is there out, but. a dream role though that you'd like to conquer on the Met stage? Um. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like I did. I also like Romeo and Juliet was probably one of my dream roles as well. But oddly enough, that wasn't as um, like dreamy as I thought it was going to be. I don't know. Uh-huh. There was a whole like thing behind it. But that was probably my dream role. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think I've conquered it yet. So like that's why <laughs> it's probably a continuing dream role to like continue to do that. And so that's good. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for your time. It was thank so great so chatting much. with you. Thanks, guys. See you later. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thank you for joining us this week. We are back from Vail and have 23 episodes with your favorite artists waiting to be shared. You won't want to miss a moment. So subscribe to Conversations on Dance through Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcast app to be notified when new content is published. Follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter for new episode alerts. This episode has been brought to you by the Town of Vail, a sponsor helping to host the Vail Dance Festival in our community. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.